No problem whatsoever. You ready to get into this thing? Yes. Do you want me to welcome people back? Yeah, go for it. All right, folks. You better welcome back to another emergency episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William, with my go Simon McCormack. <laughs> Simon? Uh, Nets Nation. Simon. <laughs> Are you? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah this emergency <laughs> cast is going off without a hitch. Go ahead. Oh boy, let me turn off my uh, my um, <laughs> video. Oh no, it's already off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nets Nation, we're never going to have a draft pick. We're never going to have a future, but we are going to have a three-headed and perhaps two-headed monster. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting time a superstar is traded to this team to talk <laughs> all things Nets Nation, which is not actually true tonight. We are here to talk one thing, Nets Nation, and that very much is the blockbuster trade of 2021. Simon, four teams involved minimum half a dozen players probably more have have switched teams and many 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 more picks than that vanished into the wind <laughs> <laughs> to try to make sense of it all us you and me simon Yes, hello. Probably no two better people on God's green earth to talk about the ramifications of this trade than us. Simon, what is your, I mean, other than uh, it making you need to type very heavily into, into your computer right now, what is your immediate reaction to this trade? Um... Very nervous. It may it, ultimately the the feeling is extreme nerves. Extreme uh, nerves. Yes. Um. I think that for all of the Nets' flaws that they had going in, that we've talked about ad nauseum. Um. One thing you could say about us was our future was not predetermined. Um. And with this trade, we're, we're giving up an awful lot. Uh, but, you know, it, it is also exciting. And I, 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 you know, to the extent that people compare it to the um, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade, um, I mean, <laughs> first of all, it's not nearly as many picks as we gave up in that trade. Um, but um, uh, it is definitely for a better player than either uh kevin uh garnett and paul pierce at that at that stage of their career like this is a, a, you know a top five player um and you know with kevin durant the way he's been playing you know that's another truly amazing player and then i think the really the i'll just leave it at this the the really interesting thing now is what is happening with with kyrie irving yeah, so we promise you, listeners, we will get into the weeds of what has happened, what the transaction was, the, you know, all the details, who's going where and why, the trade swaps, the the pick swaps, the uh, the straight up first rounders. But right now, we're just giving giving you our our immediate gut sense of what just happened. Um, when. When we pulled off the Kyrie KD coup two years ago, Simon, or less than two years, I guess, yeah. uh, Nets Nation was jubilant. They were ecstatic. It was universally praised. Sean Marks was a genius. Um, and everyone just saw basically championship banners waving from the rafters of a usually pretty empty Barclays Center. Uh, at the time, and this feeling has lingered, I tried to tried to uh, repress it, but was never fully able to. At the time, 
I didn't like the trade, and I felt like a crazy person. I felt alone. Um, I <laughs> I was screaming into the void because I liked the the young scrappy team, and I thought, you know what. Kyrie Irving seems to have a pretty bad track record of being a good teammate. When he goes to a place, that team seems almost inevitably to self-destruct rather quickly. And uh, I tried to talk myself into liking it, but I never really got excited about it. This time, in this trade, Nets Nation is like you, Simon. They're, they got, they're full of nerves. Uh, everyone on Twitter that I that, that's a big a net stan is saying how much they miss Karis LeVert already, how much they miss Jared Allen already. They have legitimate fears about James Harden. And I can say this time around, unconditionally, unequivocally, I am stoked to have James Harden <laughs> on the Brooklyn Nets. I think that this is a 100% home run. We just went from a team that is going to, you know, all season long, we're going to have to agonize over whether they're going to get their shit together and stop being a 500 team and whether Kyrie is going to come back and whether, you know, this thing is going to work and whether, whether Bruce Brown really is an 18 point a game guy or not. And it's just going to be hand wringing and torture. And Kyrie is going to dominate the headlines for weeks and weeks and weeks. We just got an iron man, a guy who shows up every single night and is maybe the only person who's a better scorer in the world than than Kevin Durant. So we now have the one and two best scorers in the world. We have in, in James Harden, a guy who will show up every single night, play every single game and dominate offensively. Um, and we have all of a sudden in a single day gone from a team that again is going to be wondering if Bruce Brown can bring it tonight to a team that is the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Well, but so do you think that it, do, it does make them... The, so you think that it does make them the, the favorites? Simon, first of all, I got to pop open a beer, buddy. <laughs> this, this, this occasion deserves a beverage, I feel like. Um, do I think it makes us the, be, the, the, the favorite in the East? 100%. Okay. 100%. Having James Harden on your team is basically a guaranteed 50-win team. Adding Kevin Durant to that, you know, that that's insane. Ky- with, with Kyrie Irving, who may or may not play, and we can talk about this more ever again in the NBA, uh, <laughs> as, as a distant third best player on your team, you have an extraordinary amount of talent on your team. So. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we? Before we before we get into the nitty gritty here, Simon, break down what what actually happened. Yes, let's do it. So we're both on record. I'm I'm initially ecstatic. You are um, a little more skeptical of what yes. just went down. Yes. So what actually did go down, from a transactional point of view is that Brooklyn has traded away Karis LeVert, beloved third star of the Nets, one of the <laughs> least efficient scorers in the NBA, high usage scorers in the NBA, has been um, his entire career. But a homegrown guy. I like Karis. I have no ill will. I hope he does amazingly in Indiana. We give up Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, who was probably my favorite net. Um, importantly, he's definitely our only playable center. Um, which yes. we will get to at some point in this podcast, I'm sure. But he's also 22 years old. He's our best young player. He's really our only um, young player who's any good at all. And uh, that is a huge blow. We also got off Torian Prince. I think I'm going to start calling this a Torian Prince trade. <laughs> to try to <laughs> reframe. The Torian Prince uh, salary dump. Right, right. Let's rebrand this thing. Um, plus we've given up guaranteed, uh, 2022, 2024 and 2026 first round picks. So three guaranteed first round picks bad for sure. Unprotected bad for sure, but not 
the most amount of first round picks, as you pointed out, we've ever given up. Plus, Houston has the right to swap with us in 2021 next season, which probably, I mean, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, won't happen. Um, but then in 2023, 25, and 27. And really, with the uncertainty, if, if 2020 slash 21 has taught us anything, it's that uh, it's, it's futile to make projections into the future. I'd say we have no idea who's going to win on those swaps in 23, 25, and 27. <laughs> I think that is more than fair. Uh, Brooklyn, in return for giving up Two of their best players and a dump in Torian Prince. Oh, and Rodion Kudu. Sorry, uh, I forgot. I forgot to acknowledge him. Um, plus, tons of picks. We get James Harden, who is a perennial top three MVP finalist, uh, scoring leader, guy who plays eighty-one games a year. Has many, many flaws, which we can get into, but um, a super, super duper star. Plus, we get a 2024 second-round pick from Cleveland. That is Snoozeville. I think we can all agree. Um, <clears throat> the Rockets get a shit ton of picks, Rodion's Kuruts, um, and Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Simon, yes. They get Victor Oladipo because they gave to the Indiana Pacers Karis LeVert. Let's talk about that little wrinkle in this trade because I know that you were you were fired up on Twitter about this one. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I I felt like a, maybe a a more um, you know sensible tinkering around the edges trade would have been um, just Karis Levert for Oladipo um, without seven picks. Oh, yeah, um, hell, how about? Since we're gonna, we know that Sean Marks is going to get rid of a first rounder anyway. Karis Levert and a first round pick for Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's looked reasonably good, right? Certainly better than Karis. Yeah, no, um, he's definitely he's um, not fully back to his all NBA self, but uh, definitely a more efficient scorer than Karis, uh, more of a two way guy than Karis. Uh, I think would fit way better on this team than Karis Levert did. Yeah. Um, so Indiana, that's where Indiana gets involved. The Cavaliers of Cleveland, Ohio, of course, got involved as well. They gave a 2022 first to Houston uh, for the rights to Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. Good luck with uh, the T-Meister. I'm sure he will. I, I would just recommend if there are any Cavs fans listening out there who have influence on uh, rotation decisions and uh, roster roster calls, I would say don't play Torian Prince as a four, if at all possible. <laughs> yeah. Can I just also say, William, just really because we're probably never going to talk about Torian Prince again. Let's hope. Um, my, my final Torian Prince take is that, uh, I, I, you know, gone are the days when we had like these like amazing reclamation pro- uh, projects in, in, you know, um, Dan Spencer Whitty, Joe and Harris, Joe Harris and yeah. Karis Levert. Um, yeah, and 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 here are, are the the new version of the Nets has at least two players who are doing so badly that they're constantly posting on Twitter about how the struggle makes me stronger and like I pain is what makes you know life sweeter. Um, like Torian Prince and Landry Shamit are, are the two. Now we got to figure out what to do with Shamit, but it was just so depressing to see, like, say, oh, our young players now. I would say that Landry Shamit is working some things out on Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know what? There's 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 no joy without struggle. There's no exactly. It's all about the it's all about the work, and I know I'm going to get back into a good space. It's like, all right, you don't need to share this with everyone. We <laughs> we see nothing. it every night. We and see again, the struggle we know part. This story. Right. We know where this goes because we also have Torian Prince, who's been doing this for two years now. <laughs> right. We're we're veterans of the Alan Crab experience. We know what this is like. <laughs> oh, by the way, William. Um. Um, not sure. I, again, I don't want to rain on your parade. I'm thrilled that you're happy about this. I'm going to need to lean on you in my times of, of woe here. Um, but 
speaking of Alan Crabb, the last time – so so I, uh, Kevin Pelton gave this trade a D for the Nets. Um, and the last time the Nets got a D from Kevin Pelton that I can recall in a trade was the Alan Crabb trade. <laughs> wow. He already gave it a D? Yes. He, he hates, um, he hates championship, guaranteed championships? Yes. He's, he's wary of um, James Harden's recent struggles. Which he admits could be chalked up to him just not wanting to, to play in in um, Houston, um, and he thinks yeah they they gave up too much for um, what they're getting. Wow, harsh. Yeah, but you know I mean look this is decidedly different from the days of you know as we've talked about before the, the Archie Goodwins. And uh, Sean Kilpatrick's and Isaiah Whitehead's like it's truly, truly incredible that um, just what I don't know four years after that or five years after that um, we have a team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie. Right. I mean, at one point in time, we had a an emergency podcast. Based upon the Nets trading away, oh my God, I don't think I'm even going to remember his name. Um, we got the the point is we got Jalil Okafor and Hot Sauce Nick Stauskas. Uh, <laughs> and who was the four that we traded away for that? Do you remember the guy? It was uh, it T Book? Was it no Trevor Booker? Trevor Booker. Uh, I think Trevor wasn't Trevor Booker in the um, no because he went to uh, Philadelphia, right? He 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 was involved in the Okafor trade. Oh, who did I say? Stauskas um, and Okafor. I thought I said. Wait. Oh, we got both of them. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> wow. So, sorry. We did a horrible job <laughs> of uh, <laughs> that with that analogy. Anyway, we used to care about those types of trades. Trevor yes. Booker for a washed Jalil Okafor and Nick Stauskas. <laughs> Nick Stauskas, a guy I convinced myself would be amazing. Yeah, he I was, still has a job. Yeah. He does not have a job in the NBA. Yes, he does. He has the best agent in the biz, Bartlestein, who's also Joe Harris's um What team guy. is Nick Stauskas on? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me find out. I just uh, can't believe that that's actually true. <laughs> um, let's see. Per- wait. Mississauga Zone? No, wait. Wait, let's see. Nick no. Stauskas he, he's, he's Simon in 20. Last year, he played for Basconia, but he does not have a 2020 <laughs> 21 team. Regret to who, inform. Who is he with? He was with Basconia in 2019 and 2020. He's not with any NBA team now. I thought it looks like in the, the oh no, the Bucks. He's with the Bucks. He's on a, on a minimum contract. Wow, his Wikipedia page needs an update. Yeah, on Spotrack it says he's on a one-year, $2 million contract. That doesn't mean he's rostered, does it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, this cannot become a Nick. Okay, we're talking about <laughs> James Harden coming to the Nets, and we're now in the weeds doing Google searches on where Nick Stauskas is. Yeah, Bucks request waivers on Travion Graham and Nick Stauskas, December 19th, 2020. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, anyway, to, to, to answer the, the, the question, everyone came to this podcast looking to be answered. Nick Stauskas <laughs> is not on a team anymore. The uh, point, that guy had some good games with us. He sort of. <laughs> I could maybe remember one good Nick Stauskas game. <laughs> Oh boy! Yes. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk. You want to talk about um, some issues that we need that yeah, still need I, to be addressed? I do. I, I I got. I have some questions. Okay. Uh, first question: Would this have happened if Kyrie had been, uh, let's say, more present? 
<laughs> I don't think so. So do you think I, do you think this was dri- driven a little bit out of panic that maybe we don't actually have a point guard? One hundred percent. And and the the panic the panic is twofold. One bad, which is Kyrie Irving, um, maybe never playing basketball again. Um, and two, kind of good because the Nets are seeing what Kevin Durant looks like, and I think they're like shit. Like, we have to do everything possible to maximize this guy. Right. Like, we may never have a player like this again. And and we need to try to keep him happy. But, but you know, that and, like, surround him with as much talent as we possibly can. Absolutely. Um, just really quickly on the Kyrie front, do you think – what would you put the odds of Kyrie Irving returning to the court this season? I would one in three. Wow. You are that low on it? Yeah, I just don't. I mean, where is he? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it's another. It just has extremely strong shoulder injury vibes from last year where it was like, oh, he's day to day with a shoulder thing. Yeah, he's still day to day, but it's two months later. Um, He needs surgery. Okay, bye. And it was like. There were so many weeks. Right, but this like is this mystery. is purely um, off-court issues, non-physical right. issues. Let's call them non-physical issues. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the int- Yeah. Okay. Let's. How, how about this question then, Simon? Let's assume uh, that he does come back. Right. How do you think mm-hmm. James Harden and Kyrie Irving fit next to each other? I think they barely play a minute together. <laughs> like I think they, play, I guess they have to play like I don't know, twelve minutes or something together. Mm-hmm. But I think that they stagger them as much as humanly possible. It's pretty um, amazing if you have a team where guaranteed at every minute of the game, one of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, or Kevin Durant is going to be on the court. Right. That is a formidable uh, thing for for second units to have to deal with. Yes, totally. Totally. Um, So, yeah, you think it's going to be a stagger situation, and do you think Kyrie Irving will defer to El Jardinio? (laughs) No. I I mean, I I genuinely (laughs) think that he is – he – there's nothing – about Kyrie that like makes any rational sense. I, I really like don't think that he follows any kind of um he, he's impossible to pin down, let's say that. And I would say I would and and he's just very confident. And I understand that's common amongst NBA players and NBA stars in particular, but he he wasn't exactly like deferring to, to Kim Durant. They they played together very well. Um, to, to be totally fair to him. Um, but I didn't see a lot of like, Hey, you're the alpha dog. Go, go for it, Kevin. Um, okay. We're going to stick with, we're going to stick with Nets questions first, because I still don't, you know, I, I, I still can't consider James Harden a a net yet. Um, and then Mm -hmm. we're going to get to questions you might have about, about James, uh, James Harden himself. Okay. Uh, another big question we got to answer: Who is going to be the net center uh, in the last game? Mercifully, DeAndre Jordan was limited to the appropriate number of minutes he should play in most games, which is zero. <laughs> um, he has incre- his role has increasingly shrunk throughout the season. Dave McMenamin of ESPN had a great tweet, um, which. Oh God! I gotta do it service because now my memory of it is going to butcher the actual humor of it. Uh, hold on, this is fun. We're doing a lot of internet searching for these people. <laughs> I mean, hey, for, it's for, an emergency. Okay, so Dave McMenamin's quote, Simon, was obviously the Nets just wanted to clearly define DeAndre Jordan's role. That was his reaction to this. Yeah, yeah, so, really. so yeah. I mean, it's terrible. Like, 
the the I I as I said, I'm extremely excited about this. I think the potential of Durant and Harden at this point in their careers being as transcendently dominant offensively as both of them are has the potential to be truly extraordinary. They could I could easily see this team being a champion, a legitimate championship contender. One thing that fills me with absolute dread is DeAndre Jordan being basically the only center on this team now. Um, I know Nick Claxton is technically listed as a center. I love Nick Nick Claxton. I think he's the best looking net. Um, yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's a net that I want to, he's like the old school net that I love to root for, which is basically to say totally unproven, likely not good. Um, but we haven't seen enough of him to know for a fact that he's not good. Therefore he must be, you know, amazing. Um, but there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that he is amazing. Um, and basically he and Deandre, and I guess, uh, in the crazy, wacky, small ball world we live in, if you want to call Jeff Green a center now, you can. But it's sort of like calling Torian Prince a, a, a four. It, it's, it's, it's exactly like that. It ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it is. It is. That's a great analogy. Right. Like um, if we're going up against uh, against the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals and you're throwing Jeff Green at Joel Embiid, good luck. <laughs> yeah so i mean one one thing is we have um three more roster spots we have to fill yes so and i would I love to get your take on on who we might go for here yeah i mean one of them i would hope listen i know the nets do a lot of outside the bun thinking but one of them at least has got to be a center um maybe uh god what is his name the guy who I loved from summer from the the bubble nets. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? God, what was that guy's name? He was pretty good. He could give you a few minutes. He's so. Do you know who I'm oh, talking about? Right. He's like six nine. <laughs> he was barely a center, but um, yeah, bubble nets guy. God, what was this? It happened. I mean, are we just not forming memories during this pandemic? What is happening yes. to our brain, to our brains here? <laughs> Who was that guy? I mean, he was not that memorable. To 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 be fair, like um, favorite net. I'm typing that into my thing because I think I had a. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, whatever. Anyway, I think that they will be. I think they will be uh, signing a. A uh, a center. Okay. Any any uh, other people that you think the Nets might be targeting? Um, I would hope somebody who's good at defense. Maybe um, uh, Shumper could get another that's, run. I that's, love Shumper. Yeah, that's the guy I had written down. I worry Jamal Crawford's making a comeback. Oh, sure. I mean, we don't really need offense, but yeah, I mean, that, that could be, I mean, if KD's running things, it, you know, you don't necessarily have to, uh, to, to make sense. Right. Yeah, no, uh, clearly, clearly we're going to need a center. Oh, Reggie Perry. We are giving short shrift of Reggie Perry here. Oh, that's right. He's actually got minutes where, uh, where Nick Claxton hasn't. He's going to get minutes. Dante Hall is the guy I was thinking of. Dante Hall. Of course. <laughs> Simon, honest. You know how, how like, if, if something's on the tip of your tongue, when you hear it, it's just, like, like really <laughs> cathartic because you're like, ah, oh, of course. Yes. Like, that was it. It was right there. I just couldn't, you know, it was definitely in my brain, but I just couldn't access right. it. When you right. said I did not have that feeling with Dante Hall, <laughs> right. I, I was okay, like, I right, yep, him. that was his name. And I promise you we could have talked about it for longer than we talked about where Nick Stauskas isn't playing right now. <laughs> and I still wouldn't have been able to think of it. <laughs> the Bucks got him. Um <laughs> So, so, um, no, I, I, you know who else? Andre Roberson. He's still available. Oh, God. Um, we definitely 100% should go for Andre Roberson. Like, I, I agree. And I think that, like, 
incredibly one-dimensional players now are are totally doable for this team. A hundred. We don't need. We yeah. Honestly, if you, you can, can play defense, four on five, or three yeah. on five, and still be fine. Yeah, we are good on the offensive side of things. Um, okay, let's talk your concerns about uh, James Harden. Okay. Um, uh, do you think? Do you think uh, he's a culture fit for our robust <laughs> Kyrie Irving-led culture? <laughs> he fits for sure. <laughs> Cuckoo. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's honestly like the consummate professional compared to Kyrie. Yeah, he and shows Kevin up Durant to every is game. Basically, like Steve Nash. Yeah. Like oh. he's like, oh my god, what an easy to please, you know, level-headed uh, guy. So, what do you worry? What concerns you about Harden then? Okay. Number one, um, he is out of shape, uh, and even by his standards, and um, it's it's unclear to me whether he's going through a sort of a Kyrie feeling, where you know how when someone's like going through their own stuff and maybe they think a change of scenery is is the solution, mm-hmm. and you're and you know people around them are like okay that that sounds good you know and if you know hopefully that's it but you're all kind of thinking I don't think it's the location that's the problem, um, so I kind of worry about that, um, and my final concern is just that he collapses in the playoffs. Yeah, he certainly has not ever triumphed in the playoffs. He he is without a championship and that is the biggest knock against him. Um, he does seem to sort of shrink from the moment and people attribute it to all sorts of different things. One theory is that because he is such an iron man and plays all 82 games, maybe just the fatigue of the season catches up with him mm. and it's, you know, it's hard to, to play all 82 games as, as well as he does and then c- keep it up in the playoffs. So, and that, in that sense, since he's basically taken the beginning of the season off, um, clearly not trying very hard, not coming into training camp and practice, uh, uh, coming into training camp in shape, etc. Um, and with it being a shortened season, maybe we're going to get a, uh, James Harden who is hitting his, his stride when we get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that concern is completely assuaged for you. What are your other concerns? (laughs) Well, do you think, I mean, do you think that all of his like, sort of recent issues and out of shapeness and the fact he hasn't scored 20 points in the longest stretch of his for, for many years in his career. Um, uh, yeah. Is that so, worrying you? No, it doesn't concern me in the slightest. When Anthony Davis left the Pelicans, he was messy. He wore a shirt that everyone hated and like, see you later folks, um, on his last game. And he wasn't playing every game and he wasn't clearly wasn't giving it full effort. And people were really down on him. When Jimmy Butler left the Timberwolves, everyone was like, Oh God, this guy's toxic. He's awful. And then he goes and, you know, leads Miami to leads the, the Sixers really far in the playoffs and then leads Miami obviously to the finals last year. Um, if he is locked in, I still think for at least a season or two more, James Harden is going to be really, really, really good. His first game back this year, even out of shape, he scored 44 points. I think that was him sort of saying, yeah, I can do it. I just don't want to do it with this team. Right. Get me out of here. It's always going to look bad um, before they leave, but when he gets to Brooklyn, a place he's obviously going to be extremely motivated to do well in, I think that we're going to see a really good James Harden, the style, you know, the, the James Harden that we're sort of used to seeing. Um, also, just I have have never believed that, and I think it's sort of borne out, that Kyrie Irving, as transcendently skilled 
and talented an offensive player as he is, which he is undeniably. I think he's one of the most talented players and transfixing players I have ever seen play basketball. Um, his talents and skills have never do not necessarily lead to a, a winning basketball team. James Harden's do. Like, even if it's regular season wins, even if he hasn't proven it in the playoffs, um, he is still a, a, I would say, a person who makes much more of a difference in terms of winning than Kyrie Irving. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Not to mention, his team took the greatest team, basically, the NBA potentially has ever seen, um, which is the Kevin Durant Warriors, two seven games, and it was basically due to a fluke of missing whatever it was, 27 straight threes during that game for them to lose that, to not upset the, the Warriors. So, you know, yeah, he didn't pull that off but still to take that team you know lebron got swept by that team right so yeah i don't know i mean i i, I think he he deserves a lot of criticism for not having having won but i think it's a little bit overblown that he's just a complete dud in the playoffs mm-hmm. so um what do you think it's sorry i don't mean to run out your run off the uh the program you got going no 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 i'm 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 free open easy <laughs> okay well what what do you think is going to happen with with Kyrie? like what, what, what we've talked about our odds on whether he's going to play for the nets again but what specifically do you do you think will take place yeah i mean i've just never had a ton of faith in Kyrie really doing anything. I, I, like I just said, I think that he is one of the most fun players to watch <laughs> when he yeah. plays. But increasingly throughout his career, he plays less and less due to injuries and now, unfortunately, due to other reasons. Um, and I've just... N- never expected a ton from Kyrie. So the way I look at Kyrie right now is just whatever we get um, is is house money. You know, it's just extra. We, mm-hmm. we, I don't, I expect Kevin Durant and James Harden to do the heavy lifting for this team going forward. And if Kyrie can, decides to participate and to contribute, I think that he will, if he plays, add a bunch to the team. But I, I don't necessarily expect him to. But I do think that with just um, Durant and Harden, that is enough to have at least an extremely competitive chance of winning the Eastern Conference. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so here's – it's just interesting to me the the – because something has to happen with Kyrie. Like, the Nets will not, I don't think, just – let him sit out the rest of the year with a sort of, you know, um, we'll talk about this on the next podcast, but you know, all, all the things that's going on with him, like I, either he gets traded, which I feel like would be a trade who for pennies would trade, on the dollar. Who would trade for him? Right. I Do mean, you think, I think a would, team would trade for him? I think I, I'm. I suspect that there's a trade out there, but I think that his trade value is as low as it's ever been, and the Nets are probably hoping to at least get some of that value up, right, with him like playing. Yeah, I um, mean, I if he if he's not playing, I can't imagine getting anything back in return for him. Yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, so so if it's not a trade and and there's no trade because he's not playing, like. I just feel like I, I, I'm all for star empowerment, but I don't think that the Nets will allow that right? at, at a certain point. And then, like, you would end up, you know, potentially forfeiting your salary, voiding your contract. And then at the very least, Joe Sy would have some more money to, to play with to, like, try to sign somebody or, or something. Like, I, I just don't think... I guess it's very hard for me to imagine. Maybe I just don't want to imagine a situation where Kyrie is just sitting there on the cap but not playing in this weird nebulous 
you know, purgatory. No, and and I don't I don't think I I honestly don't think he will. I know that you you seem to to really think he might not come back this season and a part of me thinks it's totally possible. He is very clearly m- made miserable by this experience by playing in the NBA <laughs> and yes. his interactions with the media and it just seems awful and I have thought that from the moment that we got him and everything <laughs> that has happened since then um has sort of confirmed that that feeling, you know, that nothing about this seems joyous or pleasurable or even tolerable to him, um, which is fine. You know, like not everyone wants to be under a microscope in this um, extremely high pressure position like he is. And, uh, you know, but I do think all that that being said, I do think that just the the sort of pressure of being friends with KD and being on a contract for tens of millions of dollars and all, you know, other factors will sort of get him back in line ish or as in line as he can be and playing again. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, if he's healthy again, it's just bonus. It's just a bonus. He'll be great. He's really good at basketball when he plays and he'll be, and he'll help us. But I don't think that we need to, I don't think we should think of Kyrie as a, a key, key piece of this team, which is, yeah. is sad. It sucks because, you know, we are paying, you know, a third of our, our salary cap or whatever is going to him or fourth anyway. Right. Um, by the way, Joe, uh, the Joe Harris is our point guard tonight against the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what I'll say about that, this is at least it gives us a good excuse for losing to the Knicks tonight. <laughs> Joey, Joey's the distributor. <laughs> Get everybody touches now, Joe. <laughs> Get get them get them the ball where they like it. I would love to see the basketball reference breakdown of percentage of possessions that Joe <laughs> Harris has played point guard in his NBA career. I would be willing to bet it is zero point zero zero percent. Also, oh, Bruce Brown uh, with the departure of Jared Allen. Bruce Brown is now my favorite net, hands down. Me too. Me too, William. I mean, K- KD is really, really right. fun to, to, to watch. But he and... still does, right. He doesn't still doesn't feel like a net. Like he's still too good for like he's like a visiting scholar or something. That that you're like, wow, oh wow, <laughs> thanks for gracing us with your presence. Like you know, <laughs> right. we'll miss you when you're gone. Right, you're too in awe of him to to really sort of viscerally appreciate him as as a part of your life. Right. Um, okay, so Simon, let's because uh, we're gonna delve deeply into all of this stuff in our Saturday podcast, which, by the yes. way, we will be uh, talking with Nets writer Steve Lichtenstein. We're bringing him back onto the onto the show, get his thoughts on this whole thing. So we will go into all of this much deeper. But I would like to, because, you know, sports, basketball, people love ranking things. I'd like you to rank um, from one to four uh, teams, like how you think these four teams did in in the trade. Who was best and who was worst and who was in between. Okay. So who who won the trade in your opinion? And I'll, and I'll give you mine as you give yours. Okay, so I I, I think the Rockets won the the trade. Okay, because um, they got Oladipo of, and four first round picks, and potentially up to eight first round picks. Yes. Okay. And they were faced with a situation where James Harden was making things very difficult. Right. Like it wasn't just that they wanted to trade to, you know, to improve the team. It was like they kind of had to trade them. All right. My uh, winner for the trade obviously is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Good for you, William. Um, I think, you know, as as fun as future assets are for the Rockets, more fun will be um, 
actually winning a championship in the next two years for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> uh, who who would you say did second in your opinion? Um, I guess the Cavs because I think Jared Allen is well and, and you know eating Torian Prince if you're in the Cavs position where like salary cap money is not particularly important. Um, is a good deal. I do wonder what they do with Drummond. Like, I feel bad for Jarrett, right? Totally. Um, going from one team <laughs> where there's a weird The problem thing going is, on Drummond is, unlike, uh, unlike um, DeAndre Jordan, there is a very good case to be made for Drummond starting over Jared Allen. Jared Allen's good. I love Jared Allen. He is a, a budding star center in the league but Andre Drummond is better than him Mm -hmm. he is probably the best rebounder in the NBA he's a really efficient scorer he's a really good passer Um, not probably not as good of a rim protector but he's really good but obviously the Cavs have to prioritize Jared Allen he's the future with their young backcourt um, so yeah, it'll be, I think they, you know, they made out okay, just giving out up Dante Exum and a first round pick to get, you know, a 22 year old potential star center. Yeah. Uh, my number two is going to be the Rockets. Um, I think to, you know, people, uh, you know, this is sort of, uh, against the, Bill Simmons uh, player empowerment is awful. These, you know, these teams are getting screwed, blah, blah, blah. It's hard to hard to keep a start. Like the Pelicans got Brandon Ingram, an all-NBA player and – or all-star player, not all-NBA. Uh, and a ton of picks. Uh, you know, these teams are getting a ton of stuff when right. their superstars leave. So I totally agree. You know, the, the Rockets are – they got Oladipo. And a bunch of future picks. They, they can stay competitive today, and they actually have a future, which um, one thing we haven't talked much about is the Nets' future. I mean, we've, of course, alluded to it, but our future is fucked. Yes, totally fucked. Um, and I should say, sorry, I think the Nets are the number two um, team in this. Okay, so I, then you have I, Cavs. I then you have yes. Cavs at three. I would say Cavs three for me, too. And so we're both agreeing that the Pacers are sort of inexplicably involved in this and did quite badly. It would seem. Yeah. I mean, right. I think they're, they're getting less talent. Um, they are getting, you know, they can, Karis Levert can be locked into them for longer. Right. Cause Oladipo was yeah. a free agent next year. Um, and certainly they've rehabbed his value um, quite a bit just over the last, you know, since the, the off season um, when I don't think they could have gotten Levert, even if Levert was on another team besides the Nets who, who I think highly valued him. Um, but, um, but yeah, you're getting a worse player and they also just, it just like adds to their glut of like 18 million ish uh, a year players who right. are kind of like, there's just too many of that kind of player on that team for me, like pretty good, but not gonna, you know, not really going to move the needle that much. Yeah. I think there were, uh, there were maybe some, uh, culture issues there Mm. with Oladipo. Like, I think he was probably unhappy and they were unhappy having him and they think maybe carousel be, be more eager to fit into the role he has there. Uh, because Brogdon and and Sabonis are sort of getting the shine there, and I'm sure that is rubbing Oladipo sort of the wrong way. So maybe they just needed to get off of him. Yeah. But I think it'll make them a worse team, and they are right now a really good team. They're right at the top of the East in terms of record and have looked uh, spectacular. So anyway, I think uh, I think it's safe to say we will both miss uh, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert quite a bit uh i'll miss one of the two more than the other but that's fine tori and prince we're we're both washing our hands of uh happily and (laughs) kuroots you know he was fun to watch but he's from a a bygone nets era when um you had to 
really hope that a uh, really awkward, weird 6-9-whatever um, position he plays uh, would some, someday manifest into something great. And probably we won't ever hear from Kurtz again, honestly. But uh, <laughs> we have some great moments with Kurtz. Also some pretty dark moments with Kurtz. Oh, yeah. Uh, both on the court and off the court. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Saturday, we'll get back together and we will uh, have a more uh, coherent, less Nick Stauskas forward conversation <laughs> about this. Does that seem reasonable, Simon? Yes, I'm going to dig deep on my Stauskas research so I have everything ready to go. I don't have to look <laughs> anything up. Are you feeling any better after this talk? Are you feeling worse? Are you, where, are you, where are you at and now that we've talked for 50 minutes about it? Well, you know, all the talk of, honestly, people like Nick Stauskas have made me realize, like, I, I can deal with another shit team that has absolutely no way to um, – has no future and ability to get good in the immediate future. <laughs> like, right. That has its charm. I mean, that's kind of what we like. We like uh, a crappy <laughs> team. That's what we were initially drawn to about the Nets. They were the worst team in the league, and we lived right by them and could go watch them and sort of root for the um, for the David that literally never slayed the Goliath. So, uh, you know, getting back to that state via – um, you know, super superstar supernova explosions uh, is kind of exciting. Yeah. Oh, one really really quick thing. I know I know we're heading out, but but one one thing I just want to keep on Nets fans' radar. Um, this season is already kind of going off the rails in the NBA because of the virus. So, uh-huh. so it, it, I think we should be prepared for like there to be no champion this year. Um, just to kind of. I mean, maybe not, but yeah, something I think to... I, I I do think that they're they are going to. I think the season will play out, but that um, like most things we say on this is uh, totally unverifiable and likely false. So. <laughs> I'm very happy you're happy, William. That that'll that'll make this. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, and I think, you know, I think I came out looking pretty good on the Kyrie skepticism when we <laughs> right. got him. So hopefully I'll come out looking pretty good on the uh, bullish take on James Harden being a super teammate and a superstar um, postseason player. Yes, okay. Let's hope so. Okay, well, great talking with you, Simon. Thanks for sorting this out with me. And we will go ahead and uh, see ya. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like Pina Colada